This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. We've been talking about all the things that have come back during the spring and summer and the good times keep on rolling for deafblind Canadians as the deaf Canadian deafblind camp is returning on August 27th at Camp Manitou, just outside of Winnipeg. Here to tell you more are Caroline Taves and Erica Duguay. Caroline is a board member at the Resource Centre for Manitobans who are deafblind and Erica is a co-coordinator at the Resource Centre for Manitobans who are deafblind. Good morning to both of you guys and Erica, we'll start with you. How excited are you and folks that you're chatting to about the 27th? Hello. Yes, we're incredibly excited. Uh, There was a two-year hiatus due to COVID, so being able to get together again makes this a very special year for everybody. And so we're all really excited to be able to, you know, just uh, communicate and hang out and socialize and do fun things together again. So it brings a little bit of normalcy back. Erica, put me on the grounds of the camp. What's it like? What's on offer for folks who will be there? So this year, uh, as previous years, uh, DeafBlind Camp, uh, we call it CDBC, Canadian DeafBlind Camp, uh, is held at Camp Manitou, uh, which is right along the Assiniboine River. So we have a beautiful view. And we have so much fun activities being offered, like rock climbing, uh, there's zip lining, archery, uh, they actually just made some really big renovations throughout the lodge and the camp area. So they have a new man-made lake that has kayaking and canoeing. And they had a donation of an accessible system for a docking system. So now we don't have to fall in the water when we go and get into the canoes and the kayaks. They have a wonderful system that makes it very easy for everybody to access. That's really nice. I like that one a lot. Hey, let's uh, go over to Caroline on this one. And Caroline, I apologize for bringing this down a peg, but what have the last couple of years been like for people in the deafblind community? It has been, I think, pretty isolating. Um, If you have no hearing and no vision at all, the social distancing is uh, really a problem. It means for a lot of people, no physical contact and being cut off from friends and family. Um, And just makes it harder to get basic needs met. And then for even those of us that do have some hearing and or vision, um, the barrier, you know, it's, it's a loss of independence because you can't just, you can't follow the arrows and you can't do all those things that, you know, are needed to be done to be able to go out on your own. Along those lines, Caroline, what are some of the lessons that have been learned from the last two years about the resources that are needed to better serve the deafblind community? Oh, there's lots of things, but a lot of little things that kind of add up. So um, I mentioned the loss of independence, um, especially like when entering your PIN numbers on point of sale machines, because they put those plastic barriers over the top and you couldn't feel the keypad. Um, It's difficult to hear people behind the plexiglass, or if you are uh, a lip reader, you can't read through masks. Erica, I want to come back to you because we we heard Caroline mention some of the isolation that folks have been feeling. How much will this return serve as a sense of relief when it comes to some of that isolation that people have been feeling? 
Uh, well, the sense we've been getting is that people are very excited to meet in person again. Um, Deaf-blind folks from across Canada gather here. It's kind of a central location, which is wonderful. And, you know, they're able to connect with friends, old and new. Uh, it's been a very long two years. It's, you know, a crazy world that we're living in and experiencing. And so, you know, there's been a lot of meeting virtually, but it's just, it's not the same with deaf-blind community Contact and touch is really such an important factor of communicating and feeling that um, closeness. Um, and so really, it's just it's a huge relief to be able to get, again, that, that little bit of normalcy back, just to kind of get back to being able to have fun again and, and enjoy the good things in life. Caroline, we heard Erica talking about some of the things that are on offer at camp. What's your favorite activity at the camp? Uh, I would have to say either the zip lining or I'm really into crafts. So I love all the different crafts and those are run by deaf blind. Um, a lot of these events are run by deaf blind participants like the crafting and um, other, other activities that are sponsored by campers. Erica, I know that uh, when camp is going on, you're probably busy doing a lot of logistics, but I bet there's still time for some fun. So how about you? What's your favorite activity at the camp? Oh, there's so many to choose from. Um, for the activities that we've previously experienced, I was really a fan of the archery. Uh, I'm really excited for the new activities that they have with that new man-made lake. But I have to agree with Caroline that some of the best activities at camp, and also my personal favorite, are the ones that are run by the deafblind community. So we do have, uh, you know, a beautiful craft program by Isla Snare, a team building uh, activities by MJ Stewart. And we even get to make Bannock this year with our very own Caroline Tate. So it's hard to pick just one, but I think out of all of those, those are my favorites. And Caroline, coming back to you here, I think we may have tempted a few folks as they learned more about this camp coming up in a couple of days. But where should people go to learn more about the Canadian Deafblind Camp and the Resource Centre for Manitobans who are deafblind? Okay, well, the Resource Center for Manitobans who are deaf and blind exists to promote opportunities for independence, dignity, and um, empowerment for adults in Manitoba uh, who have become deaf and blind. And we're committed to providing quality services that are consumer-driven and respect-responsive. Um, the website for RCMDB is www.r cmdb.org. Um, there are two documentaries on the front of that main page. The first one talks about our CMDB itself, and the second one is a video that actually describes a lot about the first year of the camp. Right on. Well, Caroline, we hope that you have a wonderful time at camp coming up here in a couple of days. It's always fun when adults get to get to act like kids. So yes. I hope it's a I hope it's a really yeah. lovely time here in a couple of days. Thank you for making the time for us this morning, and hopefully oh, we get you. a chance to connect again uh, down the road. Okay. And Erica, I want to thank you as well for laying out, uh, sort of putting us on the grounds of the camp. Best of luck here in these last couple of days of organization, and I hope you get to enjoy some time on the ground at the camp as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.